Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Chicago's Legal Latte, a series of podcasts brought to you by Lavelle Law Limited. Throughout this series, the attorneys from Lavelle Law will share their answers to questions about a variety of topics for individuals and small businesses. To participate in today's discussion, you can email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. You know, the one thing that uh, is, is really critical to almost everybody in pursuing employment and really just functioning in society is the ability to drive. Uh, however, in some cases, due to bad decisions or other events, an individual's right to operate a motor vehicle might be lost. Now, in today's podcast, we're going to look at ways to perhaps fix that status, uh, and I'm sure it will be just in certain circumstances we'll, we'll learn, uh, but uh, we'll take a look at the topic nonetheless. Uh, hi, everybody. This is Jim Mitchell. And, you know, on this podcast in the past, we've had discussions about driver's license revocation. We've talked DUIs and, and other conditions that might cause a driver's license to be restricted or, in some cases, forfeited altogether. Today, with the assistance of criminal defense attorney James Dore, we're going to see if there might be ways in which that adverse circumstance can be addressed and perhaps uh, reversed. Uh, if you've listened to the past, you know James comes to us from Lavelle Law Limited, brings a wealth of experience in this area, and he's going to be a great contributor for us today. So I'm, I'm glad we can jump here. So James, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks, Jim. Uh, happy to be back. I'm uh, missed the show. Yeah, you're a good contributor, and uh, appreciate you being here. So let's let's start by discussing a scenario in which someone has had their driver's license suspended. What what conditions might lead to that situation? Um, well, the thing is that any number of events, uh, traffic events, could lead to a suspension or revocation of a driving privilege. So the, the first thing that one really needs to do is take a look at the driving record, okay? Uh, and, the, and the record that we're concerned with is available from the Secretary of State's office, and that's called a court purpose abstract. Um, and the reason that, that that document is so important, it contains all the events in a motorist's uh, driving history um, that could lead to whatever adverse consequences, such as suspension or revocation. Um, so by looking at that abstract, we can find out exactly what the problem the motorist is having with the license itself. And, and you've thrown a couple terms in there to, to even further what I had asked in the first place, and I'm glad you did that. Give me a quick definition, the difference between a suspension and a revocation, and then further is what we're talking about today applicable to one or both. Well, generally, a suspension is for a set period of time uh, that, that, that will expire uh, at a set date, and a motorist could regain his driving privileges simply by paying the reinstatement uh, fee. So it's normally just a passage of time. Now, revocation requires um, a hearing process uh, in a special kind of a circumstance, so the uh, Secretary of State's office would need to reinstate the license. So revocation is more permanent, whereas suspension is more temporary, I guess, would be the, the best way mm -hmm. to answer that question. Okay. All right. And, and so you've told us here briefly already about a court purpose abstract. Um, so if I'm in a situation um, where I am without my license, you know, tell me a little bit about why I need that document, what it's going to do for me. Sure. Well, the, the important thing is, and it's right in the title, it's called the Court Purpose Abstract for a reason. It contains information on that driving abstract that's not generally available to the public. So this would contain information that uh, courts could access, state's attorneys, and, and police officers. So it contains any any uh, adverse consequence to the license over the history of a driver. 
So um, you know, it's important to look at that because it can provide the basis of why a license is suspended. And then once we see the basis of the suspension, then we can go about trying to remedy that and fix whatever the, the basis for the suspension originally was. You know, there, there's an old Steve Martin joke, James, that goes like this. It says, uh, you know, here's how you become a millionaire. Okay, start by getting a million dollars. Um, and, and this sounds like the same thing. You said, okay, let's get this court abstract. Is that something that's easy enough to do? Very easy to do. Uh, any driver's license facility in Illinois can provide that for you. Um, they require proof of uh, uh, identification and a $12 fee. And I uh, just go and fill out a, a little quick sheet of information, proof who you are, and they'll print that document out for you. Okay. So $12 and, and a trip to uh, Secretary of State's office um, you know, sounds easy enough. Get that in my hands, and, and then what's the next step? All right. Next step, we've got to analyze that document and find out what the problem is. Now, it, um, when a person picks up that document, you can look on the back of it, and it has kind of a key uh, chart as to what the numbers and letters on the front of the, the document mean. So um, if there's a basis for a suspension, it'll provide a code to that suspension or whatever uh, steps the Secretary of State takes with regard to license, there'll be a paper trail of it on that abstract. Okay. So that uh, that starts to explain the process, and and for those of you you know maybe joining us here, we're talking to Attorney James Dore of Lavelle Law. Um, we're discussing the process an individual might follow to address issues which which led to a driver's license suspension or revocation. Um, James conducts a lot of business in this area of law and, and does so at the highest level. I want to mention here that uh, he recently received notification that he's been recognized by the American Association of Premier DUI Attorneys. This announcement will be coming out soon that he is. Recognized as a premier DUI attorney, and that national recognition is based, uh, designed really to identify uh, DUI attorneys who have the, the knowledge, the background, the training, and, and skills to successfully defend these kind of cases. So I, I feel we're very fortunate to have him with us today to, to talk to us about this a little bit. Um, and, and James, it, you know, certainly someone like yourself can help out in a case like this. You talk about the codes and the information that that's on the document. Is that easy enough for the for the average person to kind of go through and figure out what it is they're looking at, and then ultimately, I assume they sit down with someone like you and say, all right, how do we go about fixing it? Right, right, right. So, sometimes things are obvious. People know a little bit of their driving history, so they can look at the document and figure out, okay, this is where this ticket shows up, or they'll know the events that, that happened through their life. But sometimes things happen and they're not aware of, or sometimes things just, for whatever reason, they slip their memory. So um, the the document itself can be a little confusing at times, so I don't want to say it's easy to read, and I don't necessarily want to say it's too difficult either. It's just kind of, mm -hmm. you have to be used to the documents and, and what's contained there. And then the next step is a little bit uh, more difficult, and that's how to go about fixing the problem. So, um, yeah. you know, the document, it provides the information. Um, anybody could take a look at it, but if it's confusing, there's always, you know, the next step of, of how, to, how to go about uh, taking care of it. And um, yeah. yeah, well, let's, let's head, head down that path now. Does that involve okay. heading into court, some sort of a hearing or process that gets followed there? Yeah, again, Jim, it, it depends on what the problem with, with the license is. But uh, for most cases, let's say it's a um, traffic ticket that wasn't paid. Um, yes, the, the remedy for that would be going to the, you know, the proper uh, court of venue and filing a motion to vacate a conviction, uh, something along those lines, to try to get 
the conviction removed from the driver's record itself, and then that in turn would, you know, have a, a positive effect of, um, you know, rescinding that suspension, hopefully. Mm-hmm. So really it comes down to what, what the problem is, what the problem area is. And is it safe to assume that the more severe the problem, the more difficult it is to, to work your way through the process? Very safe to assume that. A, 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 a simple matter such as an unpaid traffic ticket um, is a, a relatively simple uh, endeavor to, to to fix as uh, opposed to, say, a DUI conviction that would impose a revocation of a driver, driving privilege. So you know, that's kind of the, you know, one one is far easier than the other. And when you talk about uh, DUI, and, and, you know, you mentioned it here, and that's something we've talked about in the past, and, you know, if there's multiple DUIs, it becomes far more uh, severe, as do multiple violations, moving violations. Um, you know, if, if a court has determined that someone needs to have their license revoked for more severe activity, I assume it, again, decreases the likelihood of success in this effort. But, but you know, what's the likelihood overall of, of trying to get a license reinstated again? Um, you know, is it something that can be achieved or in some cases is just not going to happen? Well, unless there's a lifetime ban on uh, on reinstatement, it, it, this, all these issues can be remedied um, with, you know, as long as you address it the proper way. You know, mm-hmm. some can be remedied in, in, a, in a court of law. Some you need to do a, a formal hearing with the Secretary of State's office. Um, but if that's required, it's just a matter of getting the, the ball rolling. We have to submit a petition. We have to submit paperwork. This takes time for the client to go ahead and finish, say, counseling or, or whatever the case may be. So it can all be done. It's just a matter of you know, chipping away at it. you got to get started, and the starting point is almost always this abstract to show so we can see what the problem is and what we need to go about trying to fix. And I, I like your uh, uh, description of, of starting the process and kind of chipping away because it, it you know may take some time. Um, you know what what might someone be looking at in terms of a duration here? Maybe they've got a job opportunity, they've you know done what they've needed to do, and, and maybe they're ready to get back to a more productive life, and, and they need the, the car for work. Um, can they expect this to take a while though before they're really reinstated? That it, it, again, it comes down to what the problem was. But yes, um, you know, simple traffic matters are, are easier to fix and a lot faster to go ahead and fix. Um, some problems, such as a revocation, um, it takes a little more time because the Secretary of State's going to require the petitioner, the motorist, to go ahead and complete certain tasks that require time. And they also want to see that person drive on a restricted permit for a while to make sure they're not a threat to public safety. So there's a timing element along with all of this, um, and especially with you know the harder cases of revocations, well, the Secretary of State is going to make sure that the person, you know, re- truly earns their license back. Mm-hmm. And but you, you're doing a great job of anticipating questions for me today because you you did just mention uh, a restricted license, and I was I was wondering if if in fact you know a license is returned to the user, do they remain on on probation of some sort um, in which any other violation would uh, you know kind of make the whole thing null and void? Uh, subsequent violations can definitely uh, impact this. Uh, one of the things the Secretary of State's office is looking at is how, do, how does that driver perform on that restricted driving permit? And they're looking for no violations in the term of that, that license or that restricted license. So 
Um, if somebody picks up a say a, just a, a you know, simple speeding ticket or you know improper lane usage or something, failure to signal, well, they'll take that into account at the next hearing, and may or may not grant full reinstatement based on that. They may require that that petitioner to drive for an extended period of time. Um, they could revoke the restricted driving permit based on uh, you know, a traffic violation and the seriousness of the violation. So they're really looking for zero violations on that restricted driving permit. And, and we talked about uh, the process here, and I know in, in other podcasts with you and your colleagues, whenever we talk about going into court or any sort of formal hearing, maybe with uh, EEOC or uh, um, you know job-related um, hiring issues, um, we always suggest uh, you know it's best to have an attorney because an attorney is going to know how to navigate the process. You've mentioned a few times today a, a hearing with the Secretary of State's office. Is that uh, a little less informal process? Could someone handle that on their own, or are they still better off to, to have some legal representation with them? I'd say you're better off having legal representation. Um, it's something that even when I first started becoming involved with doing these hearings 15 years ago, um, you know, I had to learn the process. And it, it, it there's, um, you know, it, it, there's a familiarity with the, with the process that you gain over time, and I think that that helps the motorist you know, get that license back a little bit quicker if somebody knows how to navigate that process. So. Um, it's not essential. It's not required. You're not required to have a lawyer, but you're certainly entitled to have one. And I, I think that that would be a good idea for somebody to bring in a lawyer for this. Yeah. Well, sound advice and always always great information when we have James Dorr with us. Uh, at this point, I'm going to let him get back to work at Lavelle Law and uh, certainly appreciate his time. Now, if you if you stop by the LavelleLaw.com website, LavelleLaw.com, you'll, you'll find a, a nice video featuring uh, uh, Attorney James Dorr on field sobriety testing. Uh, and along with that, a series of articles he's authored um, and, and the past podcasts he's been on as well. So a lot of information at the website, and uh, certainly encourage you to get over there and take a look. Uh, all of our podcasts are there. They're also on Blog Talk Radio and iTunes. And I'm sure you'll find uh, some there that address your specific interests in various areas of law. So I uh, hope you find a chance to enjoy those. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Chicago's Legal Latte. If you have any questions or topics for a future episode, please call Lavelle Law Limited at 847-705-7555 or email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com.